Okay, hello and welcome. Hello, Governor is the podcast, and I am Abdullah, and my guest today is, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Lexi Nieto. Is that how they pronounce your last name, Nieto? Yes, that's it. Because <laughs> uh, if, if you're a longtime listener of this show, you know that I need to get the guests to say their name, because sometimes I'm terrible at pronouncing names. <laughs> It's all good. It's all good. I get Nito a lot. And I honestly do wish that was how you said it because I love that word, but it's my, my Cuban ancestors would be very disappointed if I did not uh, set the record straight. So it is Nieto. Now, uh, cause I was wondering like, was it Nito because I was going to make a really awful, that's fucking Nito joke. <laughs> but I really not. wish, man. I, I feel like I'd be a lot cooler if that was, if that was how you said it. But unfortunately that is not the case. So first question is the obvious one. How did you get started and what made you want to get into acting? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's really, really part of my personality. I think <laughs> um, I'm very animated. I'm very energetic. Um, and I move around a whole lot. So it started in dance class um, when I was like three. And then that ended very quickly because I hated every second of it because I wasn't in charge and I didn't get to choose what we were doing and moving around. Um, but I, it was at a dance recital that I saw um, a couple of folks doing a number from Seussical the Musical, which, if you are not familiar, is a Broadway musical uh, based on Dr. Seuss and Dr. Seuss characters. And I was like, that is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. How do I do that? Um, and eventually I started uh, trying out for the school plays, and I did those every year and slowly realized that it was my favorite thing to do. But I also really loved drawing and doing uh, visual arts and stuff. So um, in middle school and high school, really just in middle school, um, I was bullied a lot for singing and stuff because it was annoying and it was loud. So that is what people weren't very nice to me about all that. But they were really nice to me about my drawings and stuff because they would ask like, oh, oh, draw me, draw me and my friends, draw my dog, whatever. So I was like, oh, clearly this is what I'm supposed to do because this is what people like so i i should probably be an artist i should probably that's what i need to do with my life is do visual arts and then i should probably stop you know performing and singing and all that stuff um and then i took one art class in high school and i said i can't do this because it was the same situation as dance class as soon as other people started telling me what to draw i didn't want to draw anymore i like to draw what i want to draw and that is i think that's much more of a hobby thing than a career thing but i never wanted to stop doing theater i took a break my freshman year of high school and i missed it so bad that i went back and assistant directed the um the school play at my middle school because i missed it so much and it was then i was like i uh i don't think i cannot do this so i think i i think i have to do this um and then i ended up majoring in musical theater in college and yeah i've been been doing it ever since and what is it about theater that appeals to you Oh man, um, that's that is a very loaded question. So much, man. Um, for me personally, I like I said, I'm very energetic and I move around a lot. So I have a really strong affinity for like physical comedy. Um, it's something that I love and something I really appreciate. Like my favorite performers all are just brilliant physical comedians, um, and their energies are all very high. And being able to use that what what I've been bullied for and what has sometimes gotten me in trouble in school and still even to this day will get me in trouble. Um, the fact that I can use that, that like that is an asset for a, for a performer is to have a lot of energy and to be able to move around so much and, you know, make people giggle because you're just like, who, who does that? Who moves like that? No one, but this person does. And it's really funny. Um, I also just love music. I always have, I'm a big, um, 
big fan of of, of cool composition and um, orchestra stuff. Um, and I'm a big fan of folks with healthy vocal techniques. That's something I'm really interested in now that I've that I didn't have one when I was younger. Um, researching that has been really cool. Um, I don't know, man. Just yeah, people being able to express themselves in such a such a a cool, vulnerable way, and to be able to connect with people like thousands of people in a room that you you might not even ever see their faces actually, but you on a stage have connected inevitably with however many people are in the same room as you for that two and a half hours or however long. I think that's just it's so freaking cool. It's my favorite thing to see, and it's my favorite thing to do. And what are some of your favorite musicals? Oh, great question. My favorite. Um, my number one favorite of all time is a show called A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. It won the um, Tony Award for Best Musical, I think, in 2014, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it is an incredibly clever um, piece set in um, Edwardian England. And it's beautiful, like these beautiful costumes. And the music is very classical, but the humor is very modern. And the jokes are very quick and witty. Um, it's just, it's my favorite in the whole wide world. Um, and that is closely followed by a show called Thoroughly Modern Millie. Never heard of either of those, but. Yeah, that's my favorite thing. I could go on. I could go on. They're so wonderful. It's, it's certainly not for everyone, I will say. Um, but it is, it's my favorite. It, nothing, nothing really gets me going like, like, like my favorite stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, good on you for, for picking like obscure stuff instead of like going with the obvious, like Phantom of the Opera. Or... Well, yeah, that, well, that's the thing too, though. Like I, you know, I have, when I talk to people about this too, and I ask them what their favorites are, they get like embarrassed when their answer is Phantom of the Opera or Wicked or something. I'm like, those answers are basic for a reason though, because they're brilliant pieces of theater. So if you, if that's what connects best with you, that's nothing to be ashamed of. Like, it's good stuff. It's 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 super popular for a reason, I think. No, I, I think what's impressive about Wicked is that it became like the go-to thing. Like the only way to experience Wicked is via the theater because there was right. no movie. There still is right. no movie after like... It's being made. It's being yeah. made right now. Finally I know. Be, it's finally actually being made. Because <laughs> of the rights and what have you. So the So for like an entire decade... The only way to experience Wicked was via the musical, or right. if you're if you're too poor to afford that, find like a bootleg recording on YouTube. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing, dude. Like my quote unquote hot take. I'm not a. I don't consider myself a controversial person, but I'm a huge fan of bootlegs because you know the chances are if you really love a show, a bootleg isn't going to stop you from seeing it in person. I think seeing a bootleg is going to make somebody want to see it in person even more. Like you can watch videos of concerts all the time. That's not going to make you want to not buy a ticket to see the concert. You know, like that's the music you love. You want to see it in person. Like there's no experience that compares to seeing something happening in front of your eyes in the same room at the same time. Like, I don't think, I don't think that seeing a bootleg will stop somebody from buying a ticket, especially if you know, like you said, you're out of the you're out of the income bracket that you 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 can't afford those tickets because they're expensive. So how are you going to connect with this piece that somebody you know hundreds of people have worked so hard on if you can't you just can't afford to be in the same room? It's it's I don't know. That's a whole that's a whole thing. But that's that's just my take on it. Call me ignorant, but that's what I think. No, I I'm a firm believer of like every play should be recorded at least yes. once for preservation right. because absolutely. Sometimes there are actors cast in roles that are limited and people want to right. see those actors in those roles. And if you didn't get a chance to exactly. see it, then, you know, tough shit. But I think that, you know, just like film it and preserve it. Like, cause I'm, I'm right. huge to 
preservation. I think preservation is very important, especially nowadays with everything being on digital anyway. So it's right. Like, why not preserve media? Like I'm, I'm huge into media pre- preservation. So it's like, why not? Because <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. espe- especially if it's like a, a really terrible show or like a really obscure show, it's like, why, why hasn't anyone recorded this and like preserved it? Because it's like, I want to know more about this. Because exactly. Because like sometimes some plays, especially like during the 80s or 90s. There ain't a lot of footage of that. So if like right. you're, you're interested in like learning more about the history of Broadway or or a specific play, and it was like done in the 80s or 90s, tough shit finding like any footage of it because it's right. very rare. <laughs> yeah, the tough thing is they record all Broadway shows. Like they professionally record all shows that have been on Broadway, and they archive them in I think the Lincoln Center archives. I think that's what it's called. Um, and you're only able to access it if you're like a student and you like can prove that you're doing a research project on the production. And like, that's the only way that you can get access to it, which is like, it's so frustrating. Cause like this, the footage exists and like, I understand, you know, having it, I don't know. I don't, I don't think it should be that, that difficult to get a hold of. Like you have to prove that you're a student you have to prove that you're writing something about it or you're doing some sort of like uh research project on it to, to see it. I don't know. I think there should be like, you pay like a $10 subscription or something and you're able to access it. I don't know. I just, I think, I think there are a lot of really cool ways that that could be, it could be made more accessible to people and still like give back to the people that made it and still be able to keep the, keep the, um, the money flowing or whatever, you know, again, I'm not, I want to do a little bit more research so I can be a little bit more educated on how the, how the financial side of it goes. I just, I just think more people should be able to see these amazing things. I was, you know, randomly watching like videos on YouTube and I had no idea that there was like an Evil Dead musical and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Why did, why am I hearing about this just now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude, exactly. Stuff like that. Exactly. Cuz I'm a huge Evil Dead fan and I'm like, wait, they made a musical about this? Why am I just hearing <laughs> about this now? <laughs> right, right. And and I think that that's why like media preservation is important because it's like mm-hmm. hey remember when we did like an Evil Dead musical and you can watch that anytime you want or what have you because it's like I, I I find this stuff really fascinating because like mm-hmm. theater is like this this one this one aspect that I just like there's not much information about it online because it's like mm-hmm. either you pay a ticket to see it firsthand or you or you just like try to find some sort of archives because. Like there's no other, there's no in between. Like there's just no in between when it comes to experiencing these shows firsthand. Right. And I don't live in a country that has plays, so it's like I right, don't, right. Like I want to like see this stuff. Like I, you know, I've been to New York, but I I can't afford any of those tickets. So it's right, like, right. It's know. tough. It's super tough. So it's like, give me a way to make this accessible. I don't know why mm-hmm. it's not accessible. Yes, I I am aware that there are some professionally shot versions of a phantom and what have you but i'm talking mm-hmm. about like but i'm talking about like lesser plays like stuff like evil dead or the right. heathers musical which is really yes popular, oh right? my gosh yes i mean the heathers musical is great i love that soundtrack but it's like i want to experience mm-hmm. the actual play i don't want to just listen to yeah. the soundtrack i want to list i want to experience the actual play because i hear it's really great and from what little it is bo- really great and it's fantastic. What, yeah, from from what little bootleg footage I've seen of it, I'm like, yeah, I want to see this whole thing in like HD. Come on. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, man, they they've started doing like 
they've done a couple shows where like Hamilton is on Disney plus, like things like that. Like they, or, um, and they did SpongeBob, which is actually genuinely one of my favorite musicals. I didn't think it was going to be, I thought it was going to be a, a bad cash grab, but the SpongeBob musical is an incredible piece of art. I love it so much. Um, they professionally recorded that as well. It's not as full of a production as it was on Broadway because on Broadway, they used like, the way that they built their set and the way that they decorated the entire theater, like the whole theater, like was part of the show. It was amazing. Like they had these huge contraptions on either side of the stage that were part of the show. Um, So they didn't get to do that in the professionally recorded version because they didn't film it in the same place that it was happening on Broadway. Cause they filmed it um, after they had moved out of the Broadway theater already for renovations, but that is available on Amazon. So like things like that, where they professionally record it and then you can like, buy it for three dollars on amazon and then have that recording forever like i think that's so cool or like have a streaming service like they had i think broadway hd still exists it's like a it's like its own streaming platform with certain shows that are on there that have been professionally recorded like the broadway um or or some other productions as well not just on broadway have been like professionally recorded and you can pay a subscription to watch those i think that's that's pretty great and out of all the uh productions you've been a part of which one would you say was the most challenging challenging hmm um that's tough i was my junior year of college my um my second semester of junior year i was in a show called bernarda alba which is a very very dramatic um one act musical it's based on a play that called the house of bernarda alba about a family in spain of all women and the mother is very overbearing and very overprotective of her daughters and um i played the youngest daughter who was like the rebellious one who ends up um having sex and then she kills herself because the mother finds out that she has sex and then goes and what she thinks kills the man that she had sex with but she actually didn't she missed but when she comes back inside from shooting him she's like i killed him or no the sister says she killed him um and then she it's it, it's a lot and as as i'm sure you can tell I am very much a lighthearted character, hee hee funny, physical comedy, ha ha kind of person. And so when I was cast in that, I was like, what the fuck? Are you sure you guys like, this is not anything that I think I would ever, but it was cool to be given that opportunity and to like be shown that I could do something different and I could go outside of my comfort zone and do something stark contrast to everything that I'm used to and my favorite kind of things. Um, but the rehearsal process was challenging just because the, you know, the way that we were taught things and the, like that, the way that the director did their job was very different from what I was used to. Um, and so it was just challenging to sort of take a deep breath and be like, everything's okay. Like this is, this is the experience, do what you got to do, get through it. And it was like, it was really traumatic for a lot of other people too. Cause like, I sort of just dissociated with a lot of the um a lot of the difficult material, which maybe wasn't the best way to deal with it. Um, but it was really hard for a lot of people. Like we had a lot of people, we had to stop rehearsal because people would have panic attacks, like people would be like like really, really like we would have to take a long time before we were able to move on from doing a, a difficult scene because it would really like deeply affect people. Um but when when it came to performances, it was really cool because, you know, my friends that went to school with me that hadn't you know, had never seen us do stuff like that um the feedback was really really cool and a lot of people really really did enjoy it and what is the best and worst advice you've ever gotten as an actor oh man well going to school for it there is so much to choose from (laughs) um 
the best, I, this is an advice I've gotten personally. This is from watching a plethora of interviews of all my favorite people, but, um, my favorite right now, his name is Alex Brightman. He just finished playing Beetlejuice in Beetlejuice. Um, that's what I think he's most well known for along with Dewey Finn in School of Rock the Musical. Um, he is my favorite perform favorite musical theater performer. Um, one of my favorite people, um, and he always says that your biggest goal as a performer is to be a, like a great person. And your only goal when you walk into an audition room is to leave with everyone in the room being a big fan of you. No matter if you're right for the role, no matter if you are, you know, whatever, whatever the situation may be, it's out of your control. The only thing that you can do is go in there and be the best, like be an awesome person and like, if if nothing else, you leave the room and they're like, man, they're not particularly right for this show, but I really would love to work with them someday because they seem super fun to be around. They seem like an awesome person. I want to, I want to, I just want to hang out with that person, let alone cast them, you know? Um, so that's something that really, really resonated with me because at the end of the day, for me, the relationships I make are much more important than the roles that I book. Um, I'm just like in every, every experience with every show I've ever done, it's the people that have made me the most excited about whatever I'm doing. The content is just a bonus. Like the actual performing part, that's great, but it's getting to hang out and getting to make something with really cool and really talented people. That's always my favorite part. So that's something that really, really resonated with me um, hearing that. Um, man, worst advice. I don't know. Because typically when I get bad advice, I don't really think about it. I don't really remember it. So I sort of just sort of bury it. Hmm. I don't know. That's really, that's really tough. Cause everyone, if somebody's giving you advice, it's come from something that's worked out for them. I feel like, um, I guess, I don't know. I, I would just say anything that doesn't really resonate with you. You don't have to take it, man. Like if somebody's like, really like, Hey, you should really do this. If that doesn't sit right with you, you don't have to do that. Cause I had someone who said like the worst advice that they've ever been given was being told that they were too old and they were like, 30 when they started acting so oh, it's like oh god yeah that's that, that that's not even be, that's not even advice that's just being ignorant and stupid like that's just not true <laughs> like i don't even know that's yeah that sucks that's so dumb i i don't love that at all which i think is kind of weird it's like oh yeah there was a point in time where like 30 was considered too old to start acting <laughs> like you're no, 30 you are never you are never ever too old and i think i think people will say that and it's it's hard to remember now when there are awards like 30 under 30 that exist i i hate that that's so like it's it's i again i could go on i, I I'll, I'll i'll calm down a little bit but i think that's it's cool when someone is able to do something with that little life experience, but it, I think that's really discouraging at the same time to people who haven't had that life experience because they just haven't been exposed to it. I don't know. I think that's very silly. And if if something makes you excited, you have every right to do it as long as you're not hurting anybody. If, some, if there is something that you want to do that makes you feel like it's going to make you better or makes you excited or make you happier, you have every right to do it. You should absolutely go after it. On that topic, what do you love and hate about what you do? Oh man, that's again. I feel like I've I've been I've been talking it up. I mean everything, but at the end of the day, my my most favorite thing is the relationships I make. Everything that I you know set my sights on, all the goals that I have performing wise, it's always because I want to work with so and so because I want to work around people that have made something that I really like or people that I see like on, on interviews, I'm like, man, I really would love to talk to that person. Like it's the same thing that, you know, that I've been, to, that I want to put out into the world. I see that in other people and I go after that. Um, so it's always getting to, getting to do things with 
really talented people getting to see really talented people being exposed to them at all. Um, and especially when you have a chance to make something with them, that's, there's nothing like that. Like it's, it's just the coolest and most exciting thing ever in the whole world. Um, things I don't like, I don't like to ruminate on it, but, um, when you, when, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of feeling like you aren't good enough. Like a lot of, there's a lot of, um, anxiety that comes with that. I feel like because you care about it, at least for me, I care about it so much. It has a lot of weight. So when I do, you know, meet these people or start working with these people, I am very self-conscious and I want to make sure that I am doing a good job and my work is able to even come close to anything that they would even think of doing. Um, so that's really tough. And it's, um, I don't love comparing myself to other people because nobody's situation is the same, but there's a lot of comparison culture. Um, and a lot of, you know, cause it's, it's, it, that's just the nature of what it is. Like it's, it's almost inevitable. Um, so it's really hard to get out of that mindset, but when at the end of the day, the best thing to do is to just do you. And that's, what's going to, I think that's, what's going to make you the most successful and make you the most happy. Cause it's the most fulfilling. If you're just doing what you really want to do, that's going to be special no matter what. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't love it when, you know, it's, it's a situation will push me into that mindset or, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of toxicity with, with, with stuff like that. Um, but I think, I think we are becoming more aware of that. I think that is becoming more of a, a talked about thing, which is amazing. Um, and I really hope to see that change in the, in the future. I really think that it's on its way to being a lot healthier environment. No, I totally agree with you because like, even, even looking back at like some of the interviews I've done, I'm like, I've, I've struggled with imposter syndrome many, many times. Yeah. Doing, oh yeah. Yeah, doing, dude, for sure. Do, doing this show. And I'm like, why would any of these people want to talk to me? I'm, I'm like, I'm a fraud. I'm, I'm no, all this and yeah. what have you. And, right. That's yeah. But, but then I remember like, I'm enough. I am mm -hmm. enough. And, mm -hmm. and look, like I get more no's than yeses for this. Absolutely. So Absolutely. I am very thankful to every single person who ever gave me the time of day to just come on and, and just talk about whatever, because like, yeah. I love doing this show. I've made friends doing this show and and just like just getting to know people. Like I just I love yeah. talking to people. I love just like talking to people and getting to know the person behind the behind the facade as they say. <laughs> right. No, exactly. <laughs> Me too. That's what I that's what I'm saying. Like I I end up consuming more hours of interviews than I do actual content. I am so, I, it's always like, you can, you, the, the other couple podcasts I've done now, you like, I, I always end up talking about the people. It's always been about the people for me. It is all like, again, the content is just a bonus. Like I love it. And I connect with that, but I'm, I'm always about, I'm like, who are you as a person? What do you, what do you, what makes you tick? What do you love? I want to get inside your brain. I want to know what goes on. Cause oftentimes that's where I, like, I super connect. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, I think the same way. And if, if we're similar in that respect and you can make this amazing thing that I love so much, maybe I could make something a little bit like that, you know? Yeah, no, I totally agree with you because that that's really empowering knowing that, you know, not only are, are, are a lot of talented people, people working on a lot of these shows and movies, but the fact that they're all fucking nerds, that's great. Yes. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yes. And that's another thing that um, this is um, Alex Brightman in a another podcast interview, because I'm telling you, I I listened to them all. He was um, doing a podcast interview with his wife, which was so wonderful to hear them talk together and play off each other. Um, but he was talking about how 
he's the, the quote is it is truly the obsessives who get the gold because when you're obsessed with something doing work doesn't feel like doing work because you love that thing so much. So you're going to know so much about it. You've done all this research and it doesn't feel like researching. You just want to know about it. So like when you, when you're obsessed with something and you're able to like make that thing also, like that's part of your work. It, it doesn't feel like work, which is that's like, that's the dream. I do not dream of labor. I dream of having fun. It's perfect. No, I completely 100% agree with you because like, I feel like, I feel like just because you, you, you know, you're an actor or whatever, like, you know, there's this like stigma, stigma of like, oh, you're not allowed to talk about shows or whatever. You're not allowed to consume media like the, like you're, you're normal or whatever. I'm like, no, like, you know, let's, let's just, you know, consume media. Like, I don't see what's wrong about like actors talking about the shows that they watch or like the movies that they watched or, or the stuff that inspires them. I don't see what's wrong with that. Like you don't have to, you don't have to just like promote your work. I mean, obviously yes, promote your work, but like say, you know, if, if you, if you see something that you're like, that inspires me and you want to shout it out to the rooftop, you you know, do it, fucking do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I feel like, oh, it's like, I, I, I really don't like that everything has to feel so, so corporate now. I, yeah. I don't like that. I don't like that. I'm like, but can we have fun? Can we just like yes. have fun and talk about these shows and, and all this like amazing stuff that's coming out? And, and it's like, you know, ah. <laughs> yeah, it's, but, it's frustrating, but I do, I mean, it's, it's the, it's the relentless optimist in me. I, I really do think that it's, it's, it's going to change and it's going to like, the people who are fans of the thing are going to be doing the thing. And that's just like, it's inevitable. Like they love that thing and they are finally becoming an age where they are able to do that thing professionally. And they have all this training because they've wanted to do it forever. Like why? Like, of course, of course they're going to be fans of it. They should be fans of it. I don't know. That's something that my, my roommate and I are very passionate about is fans have every, have every, they are totally professional. They have, they can absolutely be professionals. They should be working in the, in the field that they are most passionate about. If you have somebody on your team that is incredibly passionate about the thing that you're making, what an asset, like how lucky are you to have somebody excited to be there? Yeah, no, I I 100% agree because it's like, I feel like the best actors who give the best performances are already fans of the material Mm -hmm, because if if they, because if they weren't fans of the material, they're going to be like, Oh, whatever. And I'm not mm-hmm. going to put, put, put much work into this, but yeah, if you're someone who, you know, like, like Zara Fuzzle, who is a huge Darkwing Duck fan. And mm-hmm. when she got the role of General Yunnan on, um, on Amphibia and she noticed like that, you know, that, that, she, that, and Yunnan has this, like this big introductory speech that she gives. She's like, what if I play this like Darkwing Duck? Like, what if I mm-hmm. try to do it just like Darkwing Duck? And, and she did, and that fit the character, and you know the rest is history. It's like have mm-hmm. people who are passionate work on these projects because it's like yeah. it makes a huge difference. Trust me. Yeah. Or even on the flip side of that, when somebody comes into a project that they don't know anything about, and they become fans of it because they work on it, like they're like, "Oh, I had no idea what this was, and now I love it because being hired to do it, I was exposed to all this, and I did my research, and now I'm obsessed with it." So like, even even within the the industry already like you can you can be exposed to these amazing works that you will become a fan of because you've been hired to do it so i think i think that's i think it's great i think it's so cool 
AKA every JoJo actor ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you Hell no, yeah. You have no idea how many people are like, and I wasn't so sure about working on JoJo, but after like working on it, I, I, I wanted to know more about it. And it yeah, right. Amazing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's amazing. Like, I, I love those stories. I just love talking to, to people who, who worked on JoJo and they're like, yeah, man, I, I had no idea what this was and it's weird and it's nuts and I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, so speaking of anime, like how did you, you know, how did that whole thing start? Like what made you want to get into anime dubbing? Oh man. Um, it's, it's all, the, it's really all the same stuff. Truly. I started watching, um, I watched Oran high school host club when I was in the seventh grade. Um, and after that I watched soul eater and I was like, hey, wait a second. This guy sounds familiar. And then it was all downhill from there because then I started doing research on that. And then literally the same thing. I watched more voice actor panels on YouTube than I did actual anime. Um, so if like if there's a, a, a voice actor panel from conventions between like like anything before 2012 or 2013, I've probably seen it. Um I was just, I was just obsessed. I, I, I thought it was so cool. I loved it. I loved, I would start watching shows because of the people who were in them. Um, and it's, it's never something, at least obviously until a couple years ago, it was never something that I was like, oh, I want to do that. I just thought it was so cool. And I loved, I loved getting to see that. Um, and it wasn't until everything shut down for the pandemic, all the, cause you know, I was a performer at universal at the time. So all live entertainment was, you know, all the theme parks were closed. Everything was closed that I first of all, like turned my focus back to watching anime. Like again, didn't think about being in it or doing it for any reason. I was just, I had just finished playing persona five right before the pandemic happened. And I went to my first convention in years and I was like, uh oh, I think I still really like this. Uh oh, oh man, I haven't been in the in the the con game for for a little while. Um, but that game got me back on my bullshit, and I I went to go see the Lava Show, which is Robbie Damon, Ray Chase, and Max Middleman. Um, and I was like, oh man, this is cool. And Robbie Damon has talked a lot about how he is a he was big into musical theater. He's done a lot of musical theater, and I was like, oh my god these people have done the same. We are the same. I have done the same thing that they have done. They just got into voiceover. So I was like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is this a thing that I could actually do? It never even like occurred to me. So, you know, I started researching on like, cause you know, everybody and their mother at conventions is how do I become a voice actor, whatever. And I've seen enough panels, for, you know, for like, to, like worth 10 people's entire lives. Um, so I started doing research into that and I started taking some 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 classes to uh to practice the the beep 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 and then you start talking uh, which is amazing because i've heard it in every blooper reel ever forever so it was you know the first time i got to do that i was like hee this is so cool um and then eventually moved to dallas with my roommate and um took some in-person classes here and then started auditioning for um show like theater shows around here and then made more friends that way and um i had become friends with rico uh, Rico Fajardo who plays June in Tomo and obviously a ton of other things um and he I had had him on a project that I was doing called Shonen Showtunes which is taking voice actors who have a lot of theater training and interviewing them and hopefully uh performing at conventions eventually um and he was my first person that I ever really like like in the community that I had 
shown it to and talked to talked about it um and he is just the best so he was like this is really cool i'm really into this and he sort of took me under his wing and became my right hand man and all that stuff um and then we met in person finally when i moved here and i think knowing him and being close with him and doing all the theater things and getting my name out there is what got me in the door at crunchyroll funimation um and it's just it's just worked out because everybody there is really cool and um they've been they've been kind enough to give me opportunities now you're you're the first person I've ever I've ever had on this podcast who has admitted that they did their research first when it comes to dubbing and going to it blind. <laughs> well, I just well, yeah. I mean, shoot, like it. I like I said, I was obsessed with it when I was in in middle school. So I just I already knew so much about it. Like I knew how it worked. I had seen the the behind the scenes videos. Like I've 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 watched all that stuff. So again, it's because I loved it that I I did research without realizing I was doing research. You know. No, see, like it goes back to my point, like, you know, hiring fans works out because, you know, it makes a world of difference. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. It's, it's a loaded thing for sure. Um, But I think, I just think it's, it's, it's so exciting when, you know, you have somebody who has the skill set and has done their work and has pulled their weight, done the research, has like, they have every right to be there without being excited about it, but also they're super excited about it and they've loved it forever. It's, it's like a, it's, it's a, it's a really, really cool bonus, I think. So I, I take it the dubbing process wasn't that hard for you, right? I mean, I I, I just I already knew like how it worked, um, and you know, getting getting to do it, and uh, I realize how fast I talk naturally um, doing it now. Um, like every, especially with Tomo, because that's you know, obviously more lines than anything I've ever done before. Um, like almost every time we have to be like, all right, we're going to go take it again. Just a little bit slower. Like almost every single time, poor Helena, our engineer, like every time. Um, but I, yeah, yeah, I was just I, super familiar with the process because I've watched so many videos on YouTube, all the, all like every behind the scenes thing that any of my favorite shows puts out. I've seen it. Um, cause I, I just, I think that's so interesting. And I think it's so cool to be able to see the people doing the thing. It's always my favorite. Um, so I don't, yeah, I don't want to say that it was, difficult to do i mean i i don't i'd like to say i've gotten better just because i've i've it's it's become like i've had practice now a lot of practice um but yeah i i also think that um being musically inclined helps a lot with timing stuff because you know typically there's a rhythm to how things are said um and being able to preview it first and sort of figuring out that rhythm um i think that has aided me very much uh but yeah, I, it's it's just exciting. It's, even if it was challenging at first, like I don't I don't even I don't think that because I was just so excited. No, that's great. Like you, you know, again, you you are the first person I've had on here who's like, yeah, I, I did my research. I I watched all the behind the scenes stuff. I know how this <laughs> works. <you know>? Yeah. <laughs> just I, just as a fan, like not even just to like to to study or observe. Like I just I just like to watch it because I think it's fun to see the people do it. <laughs> Because uh, most of the time, people just walk into it and they're like, "You want me to do what now?" <laughs> right, right. A lot of yeah. I know a lot of folks like, especially when they come from theater, they're like, "I have no idea what this is. This is just what my agent booked me for, and it's a check. I want to try it out." But then they end up really loving it, and it's something that they they get really excited about too. But yeah, I was, I'm definitely on the other end of that spectrum. I I definitely knew a lot about it coming in. Yeah, that's why I love the Digimon dub, because a lot of those actors, like, started out, you know, doing anime. This was, like, their first anime project, and a lot of them oh, were, yeah. like, <laughs> had no idea what they were doing. Yeah, that's so cool, though. 
I know. Poor Laura Jill Miller, man. Like she, she had it the worst because like she came from an from an from an um, on camera background. Uh-huh. This, was her, this was her first voiceover gig. Oh wow! And, and she came in, and she, you know, being an on camera actor, like there's already like heat on you because again, you know, <laughs> people are like, oh, why are they hiring like on camera people? So ah, whatever. <laughs> so there was like, so there was like a little bit of heat on her. She walked in. She's like, uh, "Oh, what do you want me to do? Okay, here's the picture. Here's the here's the thing. Three beeps. Go." And she's like, what? "Yeah, right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> she just, she's just like was was panicking because she's like, "What do you want me to do?" <laughs> like, right, just... right. Uh, hold on, back it up. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, after like she, you know, after she got the hang of it. Sorry. Mm-hmm. After no, she no. got the, after she got the hang of it uh she was like yeah okay i understand how this works now and as as you watch the series her performance gets a lot better you know Mm -hmm. those early episodes eh. but like by the time (laughs) like by the time like uh digimon adventure 2 i think that it was where kari got like a bigger bigger Uh role you get you start to see her feel more comfortable because she's like okay i've done this for a couple years now i know how this works so right 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 and uh, she's now one of the best, <laughs> I would say, one of the best uh, uh, people who, who can do who can do like prelay and anime and scenes. Yeah. So yeah, everyone starts small is basically what I'm saying. Yeah, man, absolutely. <laughs> it is a weird thing. Anime is so weird <laughs> because it's totally different. It's like it's it's like ADR, but like you're acting. If that makes any sense, like it, you're, you're <laughs> well, you have yeah. to. Like, you have to like create an entire character for like how long the mouth flaps are. You know? <laughs> right, right, for, right. For like two or three seconds, and it's like, oh boy. <laughs> it's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. <laughs> so, um, speaking of uh, Tomo chan, how did that whole thing come about? Um, luck, truly, pure luck. Um, I had worked with Caitlin on, uh, Caitlin Glass as the director. Um, I had worked with her on a show called Talked Opie Destiny. She had given me my first featured role as Valkyrie, um, which is a, she's in like two episodes, uh, towards the middle and then one towards the end. Um, and then she had called me in again to do a couple like bit parts for another project she was working on. And at that session, she was like, okay, hop out of the booth. I have a question for you. I was like, oh my God, what the hell? Caitlin Glass has a question for me. I am not horrified at all. I'm no, I'm good. This is, this is chilling. I'm chilling. No problem. Um, so I walked out and I was like, what's going on? And she said, um, uh, we have a trailer for a new show that we are getting that needs to come out this weekend at, um, oh my God, Anime Expo. And they have asked me to cast the lead because we are dubbing the trailer and the lead speaks in the trailer. So we need to get that ready to go. And I think you'd be great for it. Here, here it is. And so she showed me the Tomochan trailer and she told me a little bit about the show and the character. She was like, I think you'd be great for it. Your sound is what I'm, what I'm thinking for this. Um, do you have availability in January? And this, is this something you'd be interested in? I was like, um, oh my God. I, th- yeah, I think so. Hello. Um, <laughs> So truly it was, it was pure luck. It was, it was, the timing was right. I had worked with her on that and she just so happened to be, um, in charge of this new project. Um, so truly it was just because I am, I am incredibly lucky that I, I, I happened to be working with her on something else at the time and she was, it. she, she thought of me. So that's the thing is I didn't even audition for this. She just thought of my sound for this. 
which is which is crazy because I just got there. Like I'm I'm fresh. I'm still a baby. Um, so yeah, I, I I I do not at all take it for granted that this is the situation. It is it is so lucky. It is so cool. It is so it's so awesome. And does it feel weird like listening to yourself and stuff? Not anymore. Um, it, it is. I mean, you know, when the first episode came out and I finally got to because like the trailer or whatever, there's not a lot of it was all like off screen stuff. So it wasn't a lot of like my actual like me talking when she was talking like like mouth flap stuff. Um, so like that was fine. Like I was like, oh, that's just me. Whatever. I've, I've had to get used to listening to myself being a performer because it's like you have to do that for your job. Um, and then I had gotten a taste of it with Valkyrie, like having her, you know, her lines every now and then. But seeing like the first episode and like that very first line of like, I love you, June. Okay. Like watching that, like I, I cried. I was like, this is, this is just so like, what is going on? Like that, what? Um, yeah. Seeing that for the first time was so, it was very emotional. (laughs) And, um, did you, do you do any vocal exercises when, when you're doing that show? Because, um, Tomo screams a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I should probably do more, honestly. Um, but I, I do take vocal health very seriously because I have had vocal health problems because I didn't learn how to properly sing. Um, but so I'll, I'll do warm ups if I'm, if, especially if I'm feeling like a little, a little rough. Um, but that's just getting my voice woken up. That's just getting it, you know, basic function, getting it, getting it healthy. Um, but since she, it's just me, like I'm not like doing a voice per se, I'm not having to pitch myself any one way or the other. Um, I don't, I don't do too many things, but like with the screaming stuff, we try to keep that as limited as possible. We'll only try and do a couple takes. If that, um, usually we'll just get it done in one and then it's over. And then I chug my water and then I'll, um, I'll do my little, I blow my little bubbles in, um, in the water, which is a a very healthy thing to do for your voice. Um, yeah, other than that, thankfully we're able to get it done quick enough to where it doesn't, it doesn't hurt. So I, I take it the the dodgeball episode wasn't that wasn't that difficult of a record, right? Oh man, it was so. That's one of my favorites. It was so it was so much fun because there's so much goofiness, and that's my favorite. Is especially getting able to play off Rico, who, like I said, was like my first friend that I actually got to know in the community. And then Caitlin was like, "Hey, you guys have similar energy." Like she had been introducing me around the studio when I wasn't even there. When um. She was like, oh, if you don't know Lexi, she's very similar. She's like a female Rico Fajardo. I was like, that's the nicest thing any person could say about me. Are you kidding me? He's who I want to be when I grow up. What are you talking about? Um, so getting to play off of him sometimes or like, you know, him getting to play off of me, like that's, it's a blast. Like it's a dream come true. Seriously. Um, so anytime we get to be goobers is so, it's so funny. It's so cool. I love when they, when, especially when Tomo and June get to be buddy, buddy and like they're on a team and they get to be like, Oh, we're going to take you down. Like it's over for you. We are, we are an unstoppable team. Oh my God. It's my favorite. Um, but that, the one bit I, uh, the, like the charge up to throw the ball at, um, oh, I don't remember the, the, the scary dodgeball player, Jared Green. I know that's, I, I know the actor's name, but not the character's name. Um, when, when she's getting ready to throw that and there's that huge, like, here it comes. The timing of those flaps was super weird. So we did end up having to do that a couple of times. And I think, we did it a couple times, then we still couldn't quite figure it out and they wanted to look at it more. So we saved it for a different day. I think I can't remember. Um, but yeah, that, that little, that little bit, I remember being kind of like, okay, maybe we should go to a different scene real quick and then we'll come back to this one. <laughs> uh, it's, it's funny. You mentioned a Jared, Jared green. wasn't he also, yes. wasn't he also bill in, in spy. X yeah. It's my family. That's why Caitlin <laughs> cast him as this character is because it's the same character, but older. Yeah. 
<laughs> exactly. It's like, I know this guy. I'm like, is, is that Jared? Is that Jared? Yes. And, and Jared has like... now been typecast as the scary dodgeball player. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yep. <laughs> He's the guy. <laughs> yeah. That's our, I said, hey, you got a scary dodgeball player in your show? You know who to call. <laughs> and it, it just felt like the same premise as well, where it's like, oh, we're yeah, beating exactly. everyone. And then this big guy shows up and it's like, well, you haven't beaten yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're like, Oh no, but not in this one. They're not, they didn't say, Oh no. They were like, bring it on idiot. We'll kill you. <laughs> I love how at the end, uh, uh, during the ending where you think the ball's going to hit him, but then it just like bounces, <laughs> <laughs> bounces. Yes. And then yes. it's like, she's like, this oh. is for June. And then Tanabe picks it up and he's like, Oh, okay. See ya. <laughs> It's so silly. It's so silly. I'm like, okay, that that made me laugh. Okay, that that was a good joke. Okay, <laughs> you, you got you got me there. You, you got yeah. Me. This show is so funny, man. It's so funny. I also find it interesting that they got um, the Japanese uh, voice actress to do the the English dub as well for Carol. Yes, Sally is amazing. Sally is so fantastic, and and she actually visited the the. Um, Crunchyroll to do it like I thought that was pretty impressive that they actually yeah flew, yeah flew her out to to the studio to, to record her lines I'm like that's pretty yeah cool. man <laughs> it was awesome and then she actually requested that me Rico and Jade who plays Misuzu come into the studio to take a photo with her and like meet her so that was amazing that we all got to like stand in the lobby for a little bit and just chat I was like this is wild like you were a full Japanese idol like what is happening this is so wild but she was so cool she was so nice it's so weird because, like, oh yeah, she was in Overwatch too. Like that was the yeah, big, her yeah, big yeah. Literally, like... Rico was Rico was telling her he was like, dude, I literally was playing your character before I left to come here. Like that's so weird. <laughs> was he like, can you say the line? Can you say oh, let no, the no, consume no. got you? <laughs> no, no, no. Uh... <laughs> but but that's pretty cool because I I had no idea that they. That she would do that because, like, I know she speak, and I was aware that she spoke, um, she spoke English, but I did not, but I had no idea that they were, that she was gonna, you know, do the actual show. I'm like, that's pretty, yeah, that's pretty impressive, honestly. It's so cool. It's so cool. And that's how special, like, that, that's so cool that our, you know, this show gets to go down in history as one of the, one of the very, very few shows that this has happened. It's amazing. And it just goes to show you that the whole subs versus dubs thing is pretty stupid. Cause... It's fake. <laughs> everyone is cool and everyone is doing their best and everyone is doing an amazing job. Good night. Oh. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I, when I saw that, I'm like, yeah, look, the Japanese don't care. They don't. <laughs> it's like, right. whatever. They think it's cool. Yeah. They get so excited. I literally, I, um, they asked me to record a video of myself introducing myself as the English voice of Tomo for Aniplex Online Fest, which was a a, um, a big thing, an event that was happening in Japan. And so they like put my dumb little face on this huge screen, like with Rie Takahashi, who plays Tomo in Japanese, and the um, Kaito-san, who voices June, and Sally was also there. Like, they were all so excited. They were like, oh my gosh, we have a video from the English voice of Tomo. And like, Rie was freaking out. She was like, oh my God, I I've never like got to see, like I've never spoken to any of the English like performers before. So I'm really excited to see it. Like, it was so wild. So like, they're super into it. They're super stoked about it. I also remember, um, God, what was it? Um, voice actor who does, um, uh, what's his name? Aaron in, um, in uh, Attack on Titan. Oh, Bryce? Uh, 
Not Bryce, the, the Japanese the, voice actor. Uh-huh. Yes, because yes. they met. Um, yes, they did. I, I yeah, watched that video. He, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw, and I read his tweet, and I'm like, man, it's like nothing but respect for him. Like, you know, he was like, yeah. you know, I. He's like, I don't, I don't know much about English voiceover, but this is like the first time I'm meeting Bryce, and gotta say, he did a, great, a pretty good job. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. Like they're super into it. So like the fact that this is that's even like ever something that somebody could get heated about it's like man whatever just be excited about the thing who cares it's all cool it's all fun i mean both are valid like i i watch subs and dubs and i don't mm-hmm. care you know like there are some dubs that i i'm not a big fan of and there are some subs i'm you know i'm like okay with like it's it's fine like no one mm-hmm. cares like i i'm fine with it like i don't i don't I don't care. Like, I remember, I remember having this discussion with my cousin, like, years ago, where it's like, Mm -hmm. where I said, like, you know, the Dragon Ball Z Kai dub, the English dub is, is great. And I think that's, that's pretty, you know, that's, that's, you know, the definitive English dub for that, for that series. And he was like, oh man, you watch English dubs? That's lame. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Whatever. It's like, Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is weird because it's like yeah you you didn't complain when we were watching like a couple shows in english uh, you know a while ago right like do you complain <laughs> about pokemon do you complain about sailor moon do you complain about spirited away do you complain about like all the miyazaki movies because like those are dubs like they dubbed over the japanese that's what it is sorry king yeah i know it's just why is it why is this still a thing? Like honestly, like why is I the think it's dying. Versus... Again, the, the, the hopeful optimist in me thinks that that's dying because it's all cool and it's all amazing. And and I said this before, like on Twitter, like I it feels weird to me that the subs versus dubs thing is still a thing when we're getting like top tier quality dubs. Like, I mean, for fuck's sake, like Cyberpunk and Chainsaw Man are like the, my two favorite. Like, oh some yeah, of, some of my oh, favorite. Ryan, <laughs> I love Ryan. He's so, one of my favorite people. Oh, Ryan's great. Have you man. had a chance to talk to him? Yeah, I've interviewed him and I've good, met him. And good, good. Oh my in, god, uh, he's just isn't he just the best? I oh, adore he's him. like he's like the sweetest dude. He's ever, the nicest like. man. He <laughs> yeah. and Rico are my freaking favorites, man. They're yeah. the best. <laughs> I met him at a convention when I was on vacation. We awesome because we, we did the whole. I talked about this before, but we we went to we went to um, the states for a little bit to visit my brother because he studies there. And uh, you know there was a convention in 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 Florida, so it's like, hey, you know, let's let's stop in Florida. You know, there's like, oh, okay, yeah, which one was it? It was a Taco Fest. Oh, okay, cool, cool. <laughs> and Ryan was there, and I and I met him, and he, and he was really like sweetest human being you will ever meet like yeah hands dude down. he's the freaking best i oh i just adore him <laughs> i'm like man i think my only regret about my interview with him was like we only had like an hour and i'm like man Aww. an hour is too short dude you're amazing <laughs> you know? and uh and this was like before he booked chainsaw man so it's like oh yeah 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 so like oh and i told him like you know being you know middle eastern I, you yeah, know, I, I told yeah. him, I told him like straight up, you know, when I met him, like I, I legit cried when, when he announced that he was going to be voicing, um, uh, Denji in, in, yeah. in Ch- Chainsaw Man, because I don't see anybody like me in anime. So, yeah. so to see someone who looks like me in a lead role in an, in like a big anime franchise that that's like, yeah. And that doing means, a damn good job, yeah, like oh, a fantastic he's... job. 
He's so amazing, man. Like, yeah. Like so many of my friends who are, you know, they're like typically they don't have a problem with dubs per se, but they typically will watch the the subtitle version. They're like Chainsaw Man dub is the best thing I've ever seen. I'm like, "Yes. Ryan is the hero. I love him. Yes. Keep watching it cuz he's the best and he deserves everything good." Oh, and Sarah's just amazing as power. Yes, like, she's I, I amazing. Love her. She's so cute. It's so good, dude. It's so good. I was lucky enough to do at Anime Frontier in December. Um, they did a big Chainsaw Man panel. It was Ryan, Sarah, Susie, and Mike and Lindsay who play. Uh, Mike is the director, and then Lindsay plays Pochita. Um, and I got to host it, so I got to ask them some questions, and I got to, um, I got to, you know, talk to them all and everything. And it was, it, it was just awesome. It was so cool to see everybody so excited, and everybody was so kind. It was awesome. Yeah, I, I just. Oh, I really want a second season. I, I it's just like, oh, like I, I think I even tweeted about this like in a reply to Ryan when mm-hmm. when he, when he announced like the final English dub episode had just like dropped. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I, and I posted like a SpongeBob gif and saying like, this is this is me right now being being sad that I, that I have to wait forever to, to yeah. before I before I hear you before I hear this like amazing cast again. Oh yeah, it. go see, go go watch all those. Hopefully, they'll upload videos of panels on YouTube so you can hear them talk about it. <laughs> it's like because that's what I would do. That's that satiates me in the in the in between uh, the in between content stuff. No, and and shout outs to Ryan for like not only you know getting this big role but like doing the whole press junket and like doing so many oh, conventions. Yeah. Cause like he, he's because that's the thing is he was a he was a big fan of Chainsaw Man before getting cast. So like. Bro, come on. It's it's like the perfect it's the oh man. I'm just I just love it. I love it. It's so deserved. It's so good. But that is a that is a perfect example of somebody being a fan but already having the skill set to follow through and do an excellent job with the material. Yeah, I can't imagine anyone else as dingy like in English. I I just can't. <laughs> he rocks, dude. Yeah. Plus like you got um Jason Marnoka and uh, Amy Lowe as the villain, so it's like that's uh-huh. great, ca- great casting there. <laughs> you know? They're all so good. They're all brilliant. <laughs> Shout out to Mike. Great casting, Mike. Well done. Man. And, and again, like Mark, Mike McFarland, you know, he yeah. just like every time, every time he does, he does a direction. Every time he's the director on a dub, it's going to be, oh, it's going to be amazing. <laughs> like, yeah. cause he, cause he knows how to, how to get like the best performance out of an actor. Like it's, it's so mm-hmm. surreal to me. Like every time I listen to like a, a Mike McFarlane um, produced dub, uh-huh. like the actors give it their all. Like they're doing stuff like I didn't even know that that they were capable of doing. It's like mm-hmm. holy crap! It's awesome, man. It's <laughs> like, awesome. Yeah, especially considering like how small the Texas scene is, and and how like you hear the same two or three voices over and over again. So, like hearing an actor I've heard like a million times before like surprise me is always great because it's like yeah. Oh, I had no idea you could do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The best is when, you know, they, somebody said that this weekend, the biggest compliment somebody can give you when coming up to you at a con as, an, as a voice actor is being like, oh my God, I had no idea that that was you. You're like, oh, cool. No, I, I sounded different enough to where you didn't know that was me. That's sick. No, it's funny you mentioned that because um, Roger Craig Smith was at that con and I swear to God, every, most of the people there were just like, Wait, you voiced that that character? I had no idea you voiced that character. Right, right, right. It's like half the people there were shocked that he voiced the warden in um in Owl House because it's like mm-hmm. that doesn't sound like you. Right, right. <laughs> it's, it's 
so amazing. And, and I mentioned this in the in a, in a previous episode, but one of my favorite Twitter comments of all time was someone going, "It's weird hearing Patrick Seitz do a do a do a voice that doesn't sound like Patrick Seitz." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know why that made me laugh so hard, but it did. It's like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's so weird hearing him not do the the gruff, you know. Right, right. Big, big, strong gruff guy. Um, I haven't. I've I've yet to meet him, but I've heard wonderful things about Patrick too. Yeah, just no, as like just as a guy, just as a as a person. No, I mean he's a great director as well. So yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure, for sure. <laughs> like, you know, uh, speaking of like directors, like how you know what is it like working with like some of these like big big name people in the anime industry. I mean, it's for me, knowing all of them, like knowing of them was like, I was pooping my pants for sure. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I've seen you at conventions, oh my God. Um, But I mean, they're really like, they're obviously they're very good at what they do, but like they're, they're just at work, you know, they're chilling. They, you know, they're, because typically when, when it's me, if, if I'm coming in for it and it's not Tomo, it's just like bits or whatever. So they're just like, all right, we're going to do these little things. Here's what, here's what's going on. Isn't this kind of silly? Hee <laughs> hee. Anyway, blah, 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 blah. Like we don't really get into like, we don't really get into character discussions or like really, you know, whatever. So it's, it's, it kind of works out because like, I don't have to freak out. I'm just like, I don't have to overthink what I'm doing or anything. Um, but like getting, getting to do Tomo with Caitlin was, has been amazing. Like she's, she's so much fun. We're always laughing. We're having a great time. We'll talk about whatever like you know usually i'll get in and it's because it's just like hanging out and it's so chill like you it's it's amazing to remember that like they're just people doing a job just like you are but they're just really really good at it um it's 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 so cool it's so cool and it's if anything like it's really reassuring to myself because like i said it's just we're all doing a job we're all excited and we're all just doing our best to make something really cool um so it just makes me hopeful for for myself that I can continue to work with people that I've looked up to for a long time. I have every right to be in the room if I'm if I'm being given opportunities already. Then I have I have every right to be in more rooms for sure. And um, what are some of your favorite um, Tomo lines? Oh God, the one from the first episode is re- the sweet DNA with the chopsticks is very funny. Leah Clark is our writer for this show. And she, I mean, she's brilliant. There's so many lines that are hilarious. The, what was the one in this episode? Something about what are you trying to bang me? Like, what are you, what are you saying? That's hilarious. Um, let's see. I like other people's lines too. Like a lot the Misuzu's you're scaring the rich people. That's hysterical. Um, Carol doing all the exercises and being like, I can't, that's so funny. Oh, this, it's just, it's all so funny. Leah is so brilliant. It's so, and then everybody, all, all, all the cast are hilarious delivering these lines too. It's so, there's, it's so hard to pick just a couple because it's all so funny. Um, I think my, like I said, the dodgeball bit was still like, oh my, my favorite, God, right? It's so fun. So fun. <laughs> this is my favorite joke in the entire series. Cause like she, she does this whole like power, <laughs> super right. saiyan power up and, and right. you think it's going to hit him, but it doesn't. And no, it's not, that wasn't even the, but that's the thing too. What's cool is that wasn't the intention to hit him. It doesn't like miss him. And that's the bit. The joke is she was throwing it to June then it still doesn't get to June. It gets to Tanabe and it's like this really anticlimactic, like, okay, I guess you're out now. That's hilarious. It's so good. And Tom Hayes is a great character as well. I think he, Oh, he's so funny. <laughs> Chris Ramirez is hilarious. He's so funny. He's another theater kid. He does. He is a, um, a company member, which means he is like contracted to be in shows at um, the Dallas theater center, which is a Tony award winning uh, local theater here. 
That's pretty cool. Yeah, he's he's pretty good. He's pretty freaking good. Because I'm like, who who is this dude? Why 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 is he so great at this? Oh, he's been he's he's had other leads. He's worked with Caitlyn a lot before. So definitely go look at the other stuff that he's been in because he's hysterical. He's so cool. And are there any like funny uh, recording session stories during your time on the show? Oh man. I mean, me, like, just exposing myself as a total weeb, like, me referencing the Oron bloopers to Caitlyn, which she's like, what is my life right now? Like, what is happening? Um, there was one um, one time we were, um, Caitlyn had to leave early, so then Helena, our engineer, took over directing for just, like, a, like the end of one scene. Um, and then another engineer, Jameson, came in. He is the current uh, engineer for My Hero right now. So it was the three of us and we just like, it, it was very funny because like we're all around the same age. So we were sort of like, no parents. Like we were just kind of like being silly and going crazy. It was really fun. And we got, you know, we got the job done. And it was, you know, no problem. But it was so, it was just funny, like just goofing around and like funny, funny script things. Like you accidentally delete a letter and it makes a very different word. And then we were all just laughing about that. Um, yeah, I don't think, I don't think there's been any, oh, um, there's been some times where uh, Rico has left bombs, quote unquote, even though we don't really do those anymore because they can accidentally get put in to the final because everything moves so fast. We can't really do them. But sometimes, you know, it'll whatever they put on top by accident is something not what we recorded. Um, so there was some I don't know, just sometimes where, you know, we'll be going through and I'm getting ready to say a line. And then he says something that is not on the script and it'll like, I still do what I'm supposed to do. And then after the line is done, I'm like, man, what was that? Like, it's, it's silly that we get to play with each other like that. But yeah, it's just, everyone's fun. Everyone's cool. So there's no, there's no like one moment. Cause it's all fun and it's all, it's all hilarious. Was there ever a moment where you ad-libbed a line and you were shocked that they kept it in? Oh no, because with the way the flaps are, like it's really difficult to come up with. Like I can't really, can't really come up with anything myself. Like usually, if if there's anything similar to that, it would be like we need to change this line because it sounds like weird. Let's um let's rewrite it ahead of time before we do it because we have to make sure it, it like the timing is always so specific. So it's hard to just like come up with something in the moment. I ask because like uh, being uh, a comedy. You know, maybe some sometimes you know you slip in a couple jokes that uh, that weren't in the script, and sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. But you know, all right, no, <laughs> we are very lucky. We are very lucky that we have Leah and Caitlin working on this because I mean, they're what they give is it's all so good, and the, it, just the 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 show itself, like even before translation and adaptation and all that stuff, it's just the animation is so funny. So we have we are we are very lucky that we have a lot of good stuff to work with already. And did you read the manga beforehand or did you go into this blind? Oh, I read some of it. Like once I got cast, cause I, I didn't know of the project. I'd heard the name of it before, but I wasn't familiar with the actual project itself. So of course, as soon as Caitlin was like, Hey, you're going to do this. I was like, okay, cool. No big deal. And then I immediately went out. Like I left the studio and immediately went to Kinokuniya Japanese bookstore and bought the first, the first manga. Um, so yeah, I, I haven't, I still haven't read all of it. Cause now I like, it was about halfway through the show where I, we had caught up to everything that I had read. Cause I'm trying to find them in the wild now. Like I don't want to order them online. I want to see the next volume that I have to buy and then buy it in person. Um, which is really cool. Like having both experiences because, you know, go, starting knowing the material I think was better. So I had less to think about cause you know, I was new and it was my first experience doing anything like this. Um, but 
you know, as I got used to the character and I felt more comfortable being surprised with watching it was so fun because then I get to experience it with the character. It's, it's so cool. It was so cool. That's pretty great. Like seeing someone, you know, keep up with the manga as well. Like that. Oh yeah. That's pretty oh, yeah, rare. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I feel cool. like a lot of, a lot of people do that, especially like with the, with the bigger shows. Like I know Justin who plays Deku and my hero is very up with like everything. My hero, like he is, he knows his stuff for sure. And like when, when Rico got cast as Muriel, he was like, cool. Now I know everything about the show. Like he is, he is also very up with it too. Do you feel like uh, it's kind of hard to keep up with a lot of the the bigger shows, you know, like My Hero or um, or One Piece? <laughs> now that I mean, uh... I think the people in them love them so much that it's not like it's the same thing. It's not hard for them because it doesn't feel like work. They just love. They've been a part of it for so long, and it's become such a huge part of their life that it's just it's it's just their life. Like they they want to keep up with it because it's it's their life. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, for me, it's like I'll just I'll just read the wiki page, you know. Like, I'll, <laughs> right, I'll like just... if you don't actually have a part in it, I feel like it could be it could be more difficult to keep up with for sure. Because I sometimes it's like you know whenever I look up an actor and it's like oh they voiced this this character in in my hero I'm like who is this? Let's <laughs> go to the wiki page and oh see so, yeah, and... <laughs> but for me in particular, I love I love I'm up with my hero for sure because I love it. I'm obsessed with it. I'm I'm you. I don't have my video on, but I'm literally wearing a my hero uh, baseball cap right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can see like here. I'll show. I don't know. I don't know if you record the video or anything. But I'll show you. I literally have you can like here's my hat and then <laughs> I have like my Mirio posters on the wall. Like I love I love it. I love it. Okay, enough of enough of my gremlin face. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, you gotta rep that merch. Gotta rep that I do. merch. I do. I love it. I love it. I literally, and then you can't see it from the the camera, but literally to my left on my wall, I have my uh, board of best boys. So all the stickers and pins that I buy of my favorite characters, I have them on a little cork board right next to my computer. So I have all my little my little Mirio and Ryuji from Persona Five and Hanako from Toilet Bon Hanako Kun. I love them. Okay, who is best boy? Go. There, I mean, it. I, uh, I feel like by legal obligation, I have to say Mirio. Like for me personally, he is just the one that I feel is most close to me. And now that's been just like totally blown out of proportion with with recent happenings. Because um, he was already my favorite. Deku and Mirio are my favorites for my hero. Um, and you know, of course, getting to know like that's the reason I knew who Rika was. And I watched, of course, I watched the panels, I watched the interviews, and I was like, man, I feel like we would be friends. Like he seems really fun, and he see, I, I think that we would get along. And now here we are. Like, what the heck? What the heck? <laughs> it's so wild. It's so wild. Like, literally on the back of my phone, I have a, a Mirio sticker that I've had literally there since July 2020, since I got this phone. It has been on the back of my phone. And now I'm like, this is so... Oh, man, it's so it's so wild. <laughs> like, it, it feels so weird, like, being friends with someone who you're also a fan of the character that they voice. Like, I... Oh, yeah, like... but that's the thing, too. <laughs> He, I think he really gets a kick out of it because um, I waited the one of the more recent episodes of My Hero. A really cool thing happens with Mirio for, for those who um, are not caught up. Um, so I literally, I told him, first of all, he recorded it on my birthday. He recorded that episode on my birthday, which was ridiculous. We were both in the studio. Again, also ridiculous because I'm, what is happening? Because um, he was, I saw him in the studio that day on my birthday. He was like, hey, big day today. And I was like, well, you don't know what my birthday is. I didn't say that, but I was like, oh yeah, why is that? Like trying to get him to say, and he was like, my hero day, I'm recording this. And I was like, are you kidding me on my birthday? And he was like, it's your birthday. Like it was so, 
it was wild. But anyway, I told him, I was like, listen, I'm not watching this episode until I can be in the room with you and watch it with you. Because I, I like, I, I need you to know how much this character means to me. Like, I need you to know how much your work has affected me. Um, so I literally, I was like at his house and we watched that episode. He like recorded me watching it. Like it was so, it was so silly. But like the fact that that's like a thing that happened is so like beyond, like, I can't think too hard about it or else I'll probably pass out. Like it's so wild. (laughs) You did the thing we were expecting. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. God, I I miss that. I I miss doing that. I miss doing that uh, with, uh, with people. Like I miss, um, because when I was younger, we used to have like movie nights where where my cousins would come over and we would watch like oh yeah we would watch like the most garbage crap we could find on DVD oh, no. <laughs> and it's like and we just had fun riffing on that stuff and I just miss doing right that right because nowadays everyone's busy everyone's like doing their own thing and obviously like I you know, I'm doing my own thing and it's right. Like, uh, I wish I could just go back to those simpler times where it's like, hey, we got nothing to do. Let's watch like the Doom movie from 2005 and let's riff on it and let's have fun and and what have you. And it's like I I miss doing that. I miss I miss doing that with people. Right. Yeah, man. It's yeah, that's it's the best. It's the most fun thing to do. Because <laughs> I remember um, my cousin like because because he had never seen this show and. Uh, I had the DVD. Um, he had never seen a single episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force, and I had the and I had the movie on DVD. And he's like, "Oh, this looks cool. Let's watch it." And it was the most fun experience I ever had because I knew the show. I knew how weird it was. I knew how like nothing makes sense. And and just like looking at his reactions, and he's like, and he, he's like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> Like looking at him <laughs> try to make sense of like the nonsense that's like Yeah, right. Like, hold on, I need somebody like did I really just see what I thought I saw? Like you gotta have your friends there to make sure that you're not hallucinating. <laughs> yeah, like just the from the opening sequence to the end, he's like, Wait, so what happened again? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I just... You lost me at the opening credits. <laughs> yeah, it's like because I love that. I love showing people like weird weird shit that they would never like be into and and they're like wait you like this why because <laughs> it's right, awesome right. like that's why i love what i love introducing people to jojo because it's like because <laughs> it's so batshit crazy i'm like you have it to ex- you have to experience this because experience this because it's amazing and it's like right and And it is real you did not hallucinate that you did not that was not a trip that you had that was real something you actually watched when you were completely sober or not (laughs) i don't know your life it's it's like wait why did that alligator blow up wait what (laughs) it's like the rock was a mirror huh (laughs) gosh oh man what what do you mean he can freeze time (laughs) oh man i literally my friend billy has a video of me reacting to the end like towards the end of uh part three right is that that's when yeah that's when all that whatever um because i was so done we were marathoning the end of part three because i just wanted to finish it and i was so frustrated with all like the stupid like actually i can do this and i only am showing you right now i'm like oh my god whatever but he recorded my reaction to the um the opening change when like uh, that like towards the last episodes where he like in the in the intro he like you know what i'm talking about 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, he recorded my reaction. Just... I was like, man, that was actually pretty sick. But I'm so frustrated right now. I can't even react properly because I just want to finish it. <laughs> but that was that was sick. Stuff like that is so cool. Like where you, it, it totally subverts your expectations. Oh, whatever, JoJo. <laughs> no, I love it. It's it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, like... God, it's so yeah. It's so cool. It's so cool. <laughs> I because I love how just uh, I love how every single JoJo fight can just be explained with like how do we get out of this one i know by doing this thing that we we, yeah. we previously didn't establish we could do but somehow right, we could right. do and let's it's make like... something up right now as a deus ex machina to get us out of this <laughs> sticky situation bro whatever am i still gonna keep watching yeah <laughs> it's like wait when did you, uh, my question isn't how he could do that but did he know he could do that <laughs> right apparently he did but i, I think he's lying <laughs> and it's like oh god again i just i just love showing people like weird shit and they're like <laughs> I, I don't get this why do you like this what is wrong with you <laughs> right right but also like what a, what a fun interesting look into your brain very cool i'm worried about you but very cool it's like, have you listened to this band, Death Grips? I think you'd like them. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Like have the have the doctor on speed dial. Be like, no, very cool, very cool. Are you on your way yet? <laughs> God. Um, speaking of like hobbies, um, what do you do when you're not um, acting? Oh man, okay. Um, this was I actually got asked this the other day and i was like i really had to think about it i was like man what do i do but that's not because all like everything thankfully falls under things that i love like i said now i do visual art more as a hobby than a career um because getting paid for it stresses me out unless i'm drawing something that i really like um i love singing just for fun now because i th what i what i ended up answering the other day was that's what immediately came to mind um because when I doing like going to school for it and having to do it, you know, quote unquote professionally and not quote unquote professionally, like actually professionally, I get really hard on myself. And if I'm not singing for a purpose or I'm not singing for something, then I just don't, which I'm like, what the heck? This is one of my favorite things to do. And it's a really I've realized it really helps me calm down and it really helps me like relieve any tension or stress. Um, so just sang into just saying I love I love doing that. Um I do a lot of, um, I just have a lot of projects that I like working on for fun, like the Shonen Showtunes thing. I love doing graphic design. I love doing like web design. I love making pitch packets. I love organizing things. I love show making, um, a bunch of stuff like that. Uh, so it's, it's all, thankfully it's all creative stuff and it's all making things from my brain real and physical in front of me so I can look at them and whatnot. You know, speaking of web design, I got to say your website is pretty, like, it looks great because a lot oh, of... Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Because a lot of voice actor websites are pretty shitty looking, oh, if no. I'm going to be honest. Oh, no. <laughs> like, and I get it. Like, I get it. Sometimes you get too busy and you can't update your website. That's fine. But... Oh, no. Like, every time I try to look up someone, if someone's website and I, and I look at, like, a really terrible UI, I'm like why is this why is this still around like what oh, what no. made you what made you keep this up like why can't you update this website man <laughs> like it's 
like i use wix that's what i use to make mine but i mm. i just because i think they have the most at least from my experience i haven't used all of the different um oh my god what are they called like the actual name for like like squarespace and like weebly and stuff like that i don't i don't what, what is like website builder websites um wix and from my experience has at least been the one that i can like mess with the most and i don't have to like go buy a formula like they have the templates there if you want to use them but you absolutely do not have to and that's why i like it the best because i can just use it like photoshop almost not quite i wish i could use it like photoshop um but i have the most freedom to to do to make it look like exactly how i want and and that's fine but sometimes it's like uh why why is the cui so dated i i hate this <laughs> I, I hate this like uh, ah. Yeah ah <laughs> you know like yeah sometimes i just want to tell people like either have a website or don't like just don't. <laughs> oh man because <laughs> uh, well, they like, have a lot of cool yeah like like card now is just like it's essentially like Linktree, or it, c it can be more than that if you want to put more stuff into it there's a lot of really cool like free um engines i don't even know what i should i should know what this word is um but there's a lot of cool websites that you can make like a not maybe if you you aren't comfortable with like doing a full web design you can do like just like a link tree or like a bunch of stuff like like links to other things that you want or like little I don't know there's a lot of cool ones out there that I I hope more people find them cuz it's a really really cool resource cuz cuz that's with me with Twitter like I mean I'm I'm just like hey you know if you want to check out all the stuff I do it's on it's on my link, link tree there yeah, you go, yeah. You know, <laughs> like yeah, easy. It's like there, there you go. Like that's all you need. Like it's it has the podcast page and it has all the, the social medias and there you go. Like I don't. What what do you mean you want more? You know, like uh, <laughs> sometimes it's like ah, what do you, what do you mean you want more? I I say like some don't bother with a website because again, Linktree. Cards, right that's all that's all, there for you yeah right, it's right. like you know with 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 the advent of those those services you kind of don't need a website anymore because like just just make just make one of those and just put all the links you want to put on there you know just right you know you don't it's have easier to, if you aren't yeah. yeah if you aren't familiar with doing that stuff it's it's just a lot easier for everyone yeah. involved yeah and and nowadays like more people just use social media instead of a website so it's kind of like right you know, right you know that's how you market yeah, but, yourself. Nowadays. Right, right. No, but I appreciate you saying that. I put a I put a lot of work into it. So thank you for thank you for shouting that out. That means a lot. <laughs> no, it looks great. Like again, thank com you. Compared to a lot of other websites I've looked at, it lo looks great. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty and, proud of it. And hey, sometimes I look at some agency websites, and they're pretty terrible as well too. So it's like ah, like. Why can't you update this? Like, I know what I know. One agency had like a really outdated design in like 2018, and I'm like, why don't they update this? And it didn't take them until like post pandemic to update their UI to something that looks modern. And I'm like, why did it take you so long to do this? Like, why? <laughs> they did it though, and that's what matters. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I think I've rambled on long enough and people no are probably, no no worries <laughs> probably tuned out by now no um, my gosh i'm here i'm chilling <laughs> but um i also want to ask before before i wrap this up um do you would you would you want to pursue more anime roles or do you think that um it's not something you would want to pursue full, full time 
Oh no, I love this. I think it's awesome. I I love this so much. I do hope that they get a little bit more lenient about, whoa, I'm going to start over. I do hope they get a little more lenient. There we go. About remote recording because, um, I do really love New York city and I do see myself ending up there at least within the next couple of years, but I don't want to stop doing this because I love this and I love these people so much. So, um, I'm going to feel it out. I'm going to see what's going on. I don't want to try and skimp anybody. I don't want to try and, you know, whatever. I want to be communicative. Um, but no, I love, I love the, the people that I've gotten to work with. I love the stuff that we're making. I love, I, I just love it. I, I definitely, I definitely would love to do this as much as possible. And I also want to bring my project to conventions. I want to get on the convention circuit either as a host or like if people were, would be so kind enough to invite me as a guest, that'd be unbelievable. Um, but I, I I am very interested in continuing to do that until they until they don't want me there anymore. <laughs> That's another thing I wish like uh, more people did like is just like advertise like hey you know don't have me just as a guest you know you can have me as like a presenter or like I do this thing and and you know can you give us like a platform you know, with, with, uh, Shonen show tunes, I think that's a pretty cool project. And I'm like, yeah, oh, you know, thank why, you so much. like why, you know, that's something different. Like, cause like, man, there are just so many different, so many like interview shows and, and I, and I love that you're doing something different with it. It's not just, you know, let me talk to voice actors from anime, <laughs> you know, like, cause well, yeah. Cause I, there's that whole side of their career that they don't get to really showcase, at least in this community. So I want to, I want to bridge that as much as possible. Cause like I've said, it's my two most favorite things in the whole wide world. So I, I really want to, I really want to bring that together and didn't do it. Cause Enrico's told me that like, there have been similar ideas that other voice actors have tried to do that, but they just don't, they end up not having the time because they're busy booking themselves for conventions or recording or directing. They have so many other things going on. Well, I'm like, well, since I don't got much going on, I would love to put, cause this is something that I'm really passionate about. This is my priority. I really want to put my effort into making this a platform for you guys. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. And it's very cool to hear now that, I have any semblance of a platform with Tomo that people in the community are like, Oh, this is a really cool idea. I think this is, I think this is something you should keep doing. Cause for the longest time I was like, man, I don't know. Like it's something that I really like, but maybe I'll focus on something else for now and then I'll come back to it. But hearing that other people really want to see it and are very interested in it makes me really excited and want to want to push a little more in that direction. Cause, cause honestly, like, you know, as, you know, as again, I know this is going to sound hypocritical cause like what you do an interview show. Why are you criticizing other interview shows? Because it's my platform. Shut up. <laughs> but I have a point to make. Um, I think like the problem with a lot of interview shows, at least the, the ones I've, I've seen is that they try too hard to stick to like one specific thing. And I feel like that, that kind of hurts them. Because sometimes I I know like there's other interview shows that that um, only stick to anime voice actors or only stick to like Western animation voice actors or mm. only want the big names only want like the big big um, recognizable names to come on their show and I'm like one that's great but at the same time you're setting yourself up for failure if you're doing that because not everyone can, has access to a lot of these big names so. Mm-hmm. What what I do different from other interview shows is like I love to have conversations with people. I love like my mission statement is to like get a get a get a good um, understanding of who the person is behind the character and what have yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So, so I I like have conversations about like whatever. Like you know, it doesn't have to just be about voiceover. It can just be about whatever. So sometimes mm-hmm. you you get like me talking about like 
you know, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 with Keith Silverstein when I had it on. <laughs> so it's like, you know, like that sort of stuff. Like, and just having like a genuine conversation with people that just like trying to get to know them as 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 possible. And yeah, just, absolutely. And another thing I, I like doing is that I don't care. And I've said this before. I don't fucking care if you've done like a billion roles or one or two roles. If you've done something that I'm familiar with, I want to hear your story. And yeah, I think that's that's what separates me from a lot of my my competitors and that I I interview like everybody. I don't care. like. Yeah. And so and that and that's great because like there's variety. So it's like, you know, mm-hmm. if you're not interested in hearing about one person I've had on, you can hear a Roger Craig Smith. You can hear, you know, Erica Lindbeck. You can hear right. all these other big names I've had on, you know, like it's there. You know, I've done it. <laughs> you know? yeah. So that's like, so cool, though. That's so sick. Basically, what I'm saying is variety is the spice of life like that. Oh, is yeah, my, that is my whole thing. And that's my mission statement, uh, you know, going forward is that, you know, like, try to get as many people on as well, but also have variety in what you, in 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 um, the type of people you, you talk to. So it's like, mm-hmm. don't don't just stick to just anime or, or um, Western animation, or just like a specific thing, like talk to everybody. Like mm-hmm. try to un- try to get as many as many eyes on you as possible, and mm-hmm. sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, and and that's mm-hmm. fine. Like I, and I don't I don't care about like the number of followers, I don't care about like the you know the engagement as it was. Just, <laughs> right, right. I'm just like let's have a conversation because if I if if an episode ends and I don't feel like I've had a good conversation with someone, then this was not worth it. No, I feel like. If it, to me, like the best episodes are the ones where I feel like I learned something and I yeah, have, yeah, I absolutely. Like a, and I had like a wonderful conversation with this person, you know, because yeah. because life is short, man, and <laughs> and you know, after like the last three years, I feel like you need a strong sense of community. Oh gosh, yeah, for sure. It's my favorite thing about anything, as I've said. Community is the this is my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah. So. So basically, you know, but my point is, is that if you're going to do like an interview show, find a way to make it stand out. Otherwise, you're just going to get lost in the in the shuffle because there are a lot of interview shows right now. <laughs> so, and, and that's and that's another thing I'm constantly trying to do. It's like I'm trying to be like, OK, I'm listening to these other interview shows and, and being like, OK, what are they offering that I'm not doing? And, and you know, mm. what can I what can I do to be better than that? And, and what happened? Mm. So it's like it's con- you know, my mind is constantly moving forward from like, OK, how do I I have this platform? How do I better myself? Like, how do I do something that no one else is doing? Or how do I like make each episode stand out and feel different from from the rest? so yeah man but also if you're having fun doing it then that's reason enough yeah and, and, and that's and that's the most important thing i also want to mention yeah if you're not if you're, having if you fun, love it you don't got to change anything about it yeah if yeah fun, and, that's it yeah that's the most important thing i just want to mention as well like if you're not having fun doing 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 this then don't then just yeah. stop doing it but if you are having fun then then yeah you know keep doing what you're exactly. doing exactly heck yeah anyway i think i've rambled on long enough no no please don't feel bad no no i love listen i will i will ramble my behind off about the stuff that i love as as i have so i appreciate you listening too 
No, no, it's it's great. And um, before we sign off, um, can you give us an update on what you're currently working on, and where can people find you online? Oh, um, keep watching Tomo every Wednesday on Crunchyroll at um, 12 p.m. CST. Um, online, I have my Twitter, which is Lexi, L-E-X-I underscore Nieto, N-I-E-T-O. And then on Instagram, it's just Lexi Nieto, L-E-X-I-N-I-E-T-O. And then also, if you want to check out my website that we talked about, it is just my name.com, Lexi Nieto.com. Um, yeah. And then check out Shonen Showtunes. I actually just re- released a new episode today for the first time in a year and a half. So I'm really excited about that. It lives. <laughs> it lives. Thank God. I'm trying to get her, trying to get her back on, back on her feet, and get her, get her out there in the world. <laughs> Don't you die on me, you son of a bitch! It <laughs> exactly. You're slapping, slapping her. Get up. Come on. Get up. <laughs> and uh, who, who is, um, who is the guest for this? It's Marissa Duran. She plays um, Kyoko Hori in Hori Mia, um, amongst many other things as well. She's actually uh, Mifune in Tomochan is a girl as well. Oh, nice! I've had her on back when. Yes. Um, <laughs> back, back when um, Hori Mia was still fresh. Remember that yes. period? <laughs> yes, she is. She is a very good friend of mine, um, and I've seen her do several shows around the Dallas area, like theater shows. And she is brilliant. She is so talented and incredible. Yeah, a m- much deserved career. Like she, I- I'm glad she. Um, she's a. Uh, what, what do you call it like is getting more more work and is starting to oh yeah recognized oh, yeah. and stuff i'm like yeah you you go you know yeah. <laughs> they're going to their first convention um in a couple weeks I, I believe so yeah with like there's like a bunch of horimiya people going i think that's so cool oh really about yeah da- yeah about damn time they got the whole cast to do a convention i know I was, right yeah i was it's like so cool. you know because I talked to a couple people from the cast, and I'm like, you know, have have they tried doing like a convention with all the cast? I know, I know they did like a virtual thing, but it's like, what about like you know the the full cast? You know. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. This is. I don't think I don't think Alejandro's going to be there, but a big a big chunk of the cast is going to be there. Well, obviously Alejandro is not going to be there because you know because he's like a huge name now, like he's. You know, you know. He, I mean, I'm pretty sure Rico's <laughs> going to be at this convention too. So I don't know. Let me see. It's like Storytellers and Legends, I think is what it's called. Yeah, Storytellers and Legends convention in Mission, Texas. So if you want to go see the the kick-ass cast of Horimiya, they will be at the Storytellers and Legends convention in Mission, Texas. Um. Yeah. So look out for that. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for taking the time off to do this. This has been a lot of fun. Oh, dude, of course. Thank you for having me. I really, this is a blast. I love it. <laughs> and if you ever want to come back, you know where to find me. Hey, yeah, buddy. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Yeah. Thanks so much.